Hello and welcome. My name is Faith in the City and I am your host on this episode of the Gender Agenda podcast. I am joined by Valerie and Liz and today we'll be talking all things fashion, finance, fintech, uh, but also lifestyle uh, and finding out a bit more about what makes these ladies tick, but also different in their industry uh, as they have both got strong following on social media, uh, both on LinkedIn uh, with a growing audience and platform, but also on Instagram and the likes. But most importantly, really is to highlight their professional careers and their journeys and stories so far, some of the struggles and challenges that they faced and hurdles that they've overcome uh, in a very short but extremely successful career within accounting and fintech, uh, but also to discuss some of the themes in those industries, the problems that they see uh, and challenges that they face and the steps that they're taking to uh, be able to overcome some of those. So before we get into it, I will start by uh, asking Valerie to introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Valerie. I'm 26. I'm currently working as an accountant. Um... That's my small little introduction. Okay, very humble, but of course you've got <laughs> you've got more. Uh, I think that we can certainly draw on, uh, including your uh, professional background. So why don't you tell us a bit about uh, where you've worked and the things that you've done in your career? Okay, so um, I've currently got five years worth of experience in accounting and finance. I've worked for the likes of Stella McCartney, the Conran Shop, and I'm currently working for Pangaya. I also did an apprenticeship at ATC Live as an accounts assistant as well. So that is my professional background so far. Fantastic. We'll talk a bit more about that because I know certainly reading your bio, uh, you have, I think, made a a positive change and shift in in starting your career, which is something you're very clearly very passionate about, which normally you don't sort of put together women in accounting. I I certainly, it's it's not something that I've sort of crossed paths with frequently uh, and tends to be a male dominated field, right? So keen to to understand a bit more about why accounting uh, in a moment. Liz, welcome. Hello, thank you so much. Um, So I am Liz. I am currently working as a compliance analyst for um, one of the craziest, <laughs> one of the craziest fintech firms at the moment. Um, we are always more or less breaking the rules, changing the game, um, right. but it's been an exciting journey so far. Um, so I currently work for Curve. I've been with them for nearly four years um, and I actually started my fintech career about five to six years ago. Um, So I started off um, at Goldman Sachs um, and I shortly joined Curve after a few months or so. Um, And yeah, as I mentioned, it's it's been a really interesting journey because I never planned to get into fintech. At the time, I didn't even know what fintech was, if I'm completely honest. I just had an idea of what digital finance looked like or was beginning to look like it was becoming really popular um and so I just I just dove right in head first and it's been going pretty well since then brilliant it's interesting yeah as you say I think certainly with the COVID-19 pandemic has shifted the world of finance dramatically so we can talk more uh, a bit about that shortly 
Awesome. Valerie, I want to start with you. So, of course, you are uh, certainly well into your journey of, of accountancy, which for a lot of people that may not be aware is a very mass heavy uh subject and field I'll say um and so really it's to understand why which is often seen as a very challenging subject matter why you decided to to kind of pursue that that topic and has that always been a a passion of yours or when when did that sort of penny drop for you with, with regards to accounting um actually starting on from maybe like GCSE I actually wanted to be a pharmacist for the longest time oh interesting yeah, and then I did my GCSEs and I failed all the sciences. So we said to I said to myself, Oh gosh. I said, mm, I don't think this pharmacy route is Probably gonna work. Not. And then to my surprise, <laughs> I was much better at maths. So I did a personality test online and it told me okay. the career that would best suit me would be an auditor. And then I obviously researched. I didn't know what that was. So I researched what is an auditor, what is accounting. And then when I researched it, I was like, oh, this is actually quite interesting. I think I can go for this. And with maths, it just became, it's very natural to me. It's very black and white. It's either right or wrong. There's no middleman. And I think that's what I like. I don't like gray areas. I like A to Z. We know where we're going. And that's... (laughs) So I did that. My journey's been very, very interesting. I went to university, um, Bournemouth University, studying accounting and finance. And then didn't enjoy university at all. So I had a teenage midlife crisis. So I was like 18, 19. I was like, oh my (laughs) god. Early life crisis. Yeah, early life crisis. I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay, I don't like university. But I still wanted to be an accountant and I was adamant. I was like, I know I can do it, but I just don't know how. So again, again, I went online and I typed in accounting apprenticeships. And then there weren't that many at the time. I think I applied for like five on the day and I got a call back straight away. But I was still enrolled at university. And then I told my mum, I was like, I'm not going back to uni, by the way. And she was like... And I was like, she was like, well, then what's your plan? I said, oh, I've got an interview with an apprenticeship. I'm going then. I'm going to London next week. We'll see how it goes. And my mum was like, oh, okay. Went to the interview, got the apprenticeship. And I was like, see you later, uni. Bye bye. Literally (laughs) packed my stuff. I've never been so happy in my life. I was just like, okay, life could make sense. Like, I'm not doomed forever. Okay, this is it. Yeah, like, we're going somewhere. (laughs) We've got something going. So I started my accounting apprenticeship. I I started my AAT level two, which is basically the foundations of accounting. It stands for Association of Accounting Technicians. So I did that for the first four months. It was in a college in the... not okay not the nice part of London um let's see, yeah okay upcoming yeah upcoming areas of London no. um, upcoming <laughs> and then yeah so I used to commute from Horsham that's where I'm originally from in West Sussex so I used to do a two-hour commute every day um to Tottenham um at the college finished my AAT 
level two with a merit, which was quite good. I wanted a distinction, but we'll go with the merit. And then I started my level three AAT. And the AAT level three is where you're placed in a place of work. And this is where I work for ATC Live, which okay. is basically a, a music agency or a music label. And I was working alongside the management accountant. I would like to say that's when how it began. Um, okay. I think it was one of the hardest experiences. What particularly became hellish? Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone can prepare you for the corporate world per se. So I think okay. I went in there very... I didn't know the importance of timekeeping, just professionalism. Okay. I just went in there very blindly. It was a stretch for you. Yeah. So it, right. was, it was a completely new environment. And I showed that it was a new environment and um, made quite a few mistakes, had some achievements. I was there for a year and a half. Um, my manager was lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. I won't go into that too much. <laughs> okay. Maybe there were some conflicts there with your um, line manager. Perhaps. Yes. Could we? Yeah. So, um, I think my struggles were genuinely that I just I was very ill prepared for the whole experience. I have to put my hands up. I did not always act in the most graceful of ways because nobody had ever sat me down to tell me oh you need to do this you need to do that make sure you come to work late like I was showing up and to that work was like... I was, was going to ask yeah oh. yeah go on no I was just going to ask actually sort of what do you think you could have done differently in hindsight like what would you because I'm you know this podcast we're going to have different people listening at different stages in their career you're probably going to have some people that are looking up to you sort of starting out so let's flip this slightly what would your advice be based on your learnings and your experience to someone starting out not just in accounting but in the world of work like how do they get their head in the game um, I would advise someone to make sure that you're always on time, number one. I think... Early, in some yeah, cases. exactly. Yeah. Come about 15 minutes before or even plan 30 minutes for anything that can happen because you can only use the excuse of an attra a train delay so many times before somebody... In fact, a group of people... Well. Unless you're in the current climate of rail strikes, yeah. but that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. At the time, there was only so many times you could use that excuse before people stopped taking you seriously. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened to me. So I'd advise anyone that's going into the working world, you just have to, you have to grow up, basically. You put on your big girl shoes and... You just prepare yourself that you're in a professional working space and all those people are not teenagers or like university students or sixth form students they're adults with lives and their time matters and so I would say responsibilities exactly Absolutely. so I think I think it's just that realization I would just say to someone it's not scary it's more so you have to adapt to this new environment of the corporate world especially me. which you did yeah eventually I did 
my, I'd say my first six months, or my six months probation was extended. And then I kind of cleaned up my act. You know, I started to talk to you as well about, okay, what, how can I do better? I'm having these issues. So I started to yeah. learn how to maneuver. So I think yeah, it wasn't, the whole experience wasn't bad. It was just, it was good that it was an apprenticeship setting because I definitely would have been fired if it was anywhere else. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that was the beginning of the journey. So I did that for a year and a half. So I had finished the AAT level three. And then I decided that I just wanted a fresh new start. I was applying for any industry, if I'm honest. I was just, I just needed a job. And at that time, I remember even yeah. going through the process with Liz as well. It took me about three months to secure a job. One of the most stressful things ever. Go to an interview, get ready, and you think, yeah, I'm going to get the job. Unfortunately, we've decided to hire someone else. <laughs> <else. laughs> so, um, it does I, take a lot of resilience in the job market. It's not the easiest. It's not the easiest. Honestly. So um, I actually, on the whim, I applied for Christian Louboutin as an accounts assistant. I got to the final stages of that interview. This was the longest interview I've ever done in my life. The whole process was like maybe like a month and a half. And I'm thinking, do I have the job? Do I not? Like every stage was great. And at the time, this was pre-lockdown. So you would like actually go in and meet the people. So I remember just always preparing and being so excited. I was like, oh my goodness, like I could actually get this job. Got to the final stages. And then I was told that they hired a different candidate just due to experience the feedback that I got was really really good they were like okay you're literally okay, if it gosh. wasn't if it wasn't for your experience you would have been the perfect candidate but we decided to choose the other candidate however we're going to keep your CV on file so if anything comes up we'll let you know so I took it as a positive I was like oh, okay this is good keep searching and searching good. for jobs nothing was happening and then I got a call random call one day from a management accountant at Stella McCartney and he was like oh hi Valerie the management accountant at Christian Louboutin forwarded me your number and said that you're looking for work are you still interested in this I wanted to scream I was like hi with joy, I'm guessing yeah with joy I was like oh my gosh <laughs> you don't know like I'd nearly given up like I was like okay let's start applying for retail jobs because at this stage I was like what's going on so I went to the interview That's on a Tuesday. So he called me on a Monday. I went to the interview on a Tuesday. Had the interview with the the treasury director. It was such a hard interview. He was asking me so many like complicated questions about the company. He sat me down. He showed me the company structuring. Like It was the most detailed interview that I've ever been to. And I walked out of there being like, I really like it, but I just, I genuinely didn't think I got it because I didn't have virtually any experience at all so I left it for a week and then I got a call back on Tuesday from the HR and they were like Valerie would like to offer you the position and I'd just like to say I did scream on the phone I was like ah! she was like <laughs> she, she was like oh that is good so I guess that's a yes I was like oh my gosh it's a good yes sign. I was just like yes yes I will I'm ready to start she was like when's the earliest you can come in and I think 
She had said Don't next. Say you told me like next no. Day. I actually, I actually said tomorrow. Like I was like, I could even come in tomorrow. <laughs> and she was like, okay, it's not going to be that soon, of but we'll start <laughs> next week, Tuesday. So I started on the Tuesday. And I think that goes to show, Valerie, with regards to that relationship or that impression that you made on the first job, that actually by keeping those relationships and keeping that network that transitioned into how you got your next role. And that's a key point to draw out for our listeners who particularly, you know, sometimes, you know, as we say, it's an investment to look for a job and go to these interviews. And sometimes you might be disheartened. I remember when I was, before I got my first role in the big four, I think I had like 12 interviews interviews and they were all rejections and it was really how do I then like still show up still be present still engage uh, and that's what this story actually demonstrates um, so kudos to you we'll come back onto that kind of industry shift because your career has been interesting with regards to yes you're an accountant but you've mentioned you know Stella McCartney which is a, a global uh, impactful uh, brand within fashion uh, and then also uh, what you're currently doing as well. But Liz, I'm curious to kind of hear your journey, your story. You mentioned earlier, you know, really kind of going into Goldman and then transitioning to Curve and being sort of new to the world of fintech. But sort of take me back to maybe five, 10 years prior, you're kind of, as Valerie stated at the GCSE level, you know, the world is your oyster, as they say, you're kind of thinking about your options. Did you foresee corporate? Was that always the plan? or talk to me about that bit so for myself um i grew up from from a very young age i'd say even from primary school always wanting to be a lawyer um i actually always wanted to be a criminal defense barrister and so i did everything in line with that goal so um i took heavy interest in the humanities subjects so english sociology history um, going into college, I studied, like, literally, I studied English literature and language. I studied history. I studied sociology. And I also studied um, performing arts because that was also, that was like my wild card. I was always very creative. I loved to be, you know, I, I was, I was very um, reserved to people, but I still had a very active, creative mind. So any opportunity to be able to shine Express. in that space. I took, yeah. yeah, exactly. I took it. So that's why I had performance studies there. Um, and I loved every subject so much that usually, you know, when you get to A2 levels, you usually drop a subject. But I actually kept all of my A levels on. Um, and I got really good grades in all of them. Um, but again, my main agenda was to be able to get to the best law school that there was at the time. Um, and so with that, I decided to go to um, a private law school in London um, in comparison to the rest of my friends at the time who decided to go outside of London to go to university. So my dynamic was very different to theirs. Um, and I picked that up quite quickly. But again, I was very convicted. I said, I want to be this barrister. I'm going to go to the best place for it. Um and so my journey, my real journey began into understanding what that world would look like for me. Um, and it wasn't long before I realized um, that I wasn't too sure about my university decision. I still wanted to badly be a lawyer, but I didn't feel like the environment I was in was 
was good for myself. Um, and again, it may have been because it, it was just something I wasn't used to. Um, it was a very, very small uni. There wasn't a lot of us at all. And it was every single person was just studying the same thing as you. There wasn't really um, wasn't much diversity. Exactly. Yes, yeah. it wasn't diverse, which is something that I'm extremely accustomed to. So it definitely, it was a struggle um, after a certain point to to remain engaged, um, to remain motivated. And in all honesty, that by, by my third year, um, my heart was literally breaking because every single thing I've done up to this point was, was to become... Exactly. And so I felt like my desire for that was dwindling. And I thought to myself, is there something wrong with me? Because... I've always wanted to do this. Why suddenly has, is my mind changing? And um, by the end of my third year, I realised I'm just, I think I'm just growing up and I'm being exposed to so much more um, that I didn't know existed prior to now. Um, and so I went through university, um, completed it, but then I wasn't sure whether to go and uh, do a do a master's I didn't know whether to go and get a training contract I didn't know whether to get pupillage um I just hit a brick wall and I, it was then when I realized like I'd, I'd really I'd based my life around this goal and now without this goal what does my what life look life? like yeah. <laughs> what is life like I, it, yeah. and for me that was my version of early life crisis because I suddenly had no no intention like to do to do anything I didn't know which way I was going so I so interesting and sorry to interject there but it's a common theme I find and I, I resonate so much with both of your stories right where you know either something doesn't quite work out so you flip it you flip the script mm. or you're very set on a goal and then you stumble along the way like a roadblock a hiccup right and yeah. you just sort of start to question yourself you know is this really what I want or you know have I is it is it a problem with me like where, where are things mm. going wrong um and for me personally I think I wish we'd I wish I was aware that a it wasn't just me because sometimes it feels like it's yeah. just you going through that and it's like a problem that's unique to you and no one else in the yeah. world has ever felt this but the, the more I have these conversations the more I'm understanding and realizing that it's quite a common thing to happen to most individuals whether yeah. and that's why these conversations and this podcast for me is particularly important because really it's about that creating that awareness through our individual stories because had we not sat down and had this conversation or whoever gets to listen to this right someone is probably going through something that you went through one way or another whether yeah. directly reflected or you know in a roundabout way people can relate to our stories and I think for me, you know, as we go on for the rest of this podcast and the rest of this conversation, I really want to draw out for our audience and our listeners. You might be hearing this and thinking, well, hang on a minute, actually something that any of our guests have uh, spoken about resonates with you. Uh, and for me, that's why spreading these conversations and spreading these 
podcast is particularly important if you, you know, have someone in your network or your circle who maybe is going through something very similar, any cousins, you know, siblings, whatever. It's worth adding more people to this conversation and and us talking about, you know, we often hear midlife crisis, but very clearly, I think the three of us have all been through said early life crisis, right? In our our own way. Um, And I find great strength in that ability for, for me to even years later to still know that actually it wasn't just me and I wasn't just alone in that scenario. Very interesting. Well-